0: Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming. Brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How good to be with you.
1: I'm thrilled. And um, do you know this is another pre-record. We we. Uh, concluded yesterday saying we'll continue today and we may continue tomorrow. We have a three-part series and it's on gender theory and it's so important we correctly understand this and I'm traveling right now. So this is a fresh program, never before aired uh, done just before I left for you. The only difference is you won't be able to call in for live calls today, but still I'm going to take emails that you've already sent in and texts. um, And when I'm back, uh, in two days, we'll take your live calls again. But this is an article from Calix Marie. It's a, um, it's a voice of the family publication, and its uh, uh, raison d'être, of reason for be- be- uh, being, is to rebuild our Christian civilization. I want to show this to you. You can subscribe online. It's new. This is there issue this past summer, and I think it's their fifth issue. It's brand new. I've met these people and I've met the editor who is, um, I can't get her name wrong. This woman is so outstanding um, and her name is Maria um, Madis. Maria Madis, M-A-D-I-S-E. She's a beautiful, holy, um, dedicated woman of God. Catholic through and through. So we began reading this yesterday. Its title is Gender Theory, A Threat to the Family and the Proclamation of the Christian Faith, which is what this is. And you know my heart. Um, The heart of us here at the Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's Hope is to help restore God's design for the family. It's what the Station of the Cross is about. It is what LifeSite News is about. Without the family, there's no church. There's no civilization. There's nothing, which is why the enemies of the church want to destroy the family by gender confusion, by same-sex marriage, by homosexuality, by anything at all. Uh, 24-7, that's their goal. So we are, the only way, um, I remember when Bishop uh, John Carroll, first Bishop of the United States in Baltimore, and he called in Elizabeth Ann Seton because there was only one Catholic that was allowed to vote, um, I think at the, uh, the Declaration of Independence, and he said Catholics aren't allowed to vote. And he said, I mean to change that in this country. And he said, the way to do it is through education. And so he called in this magnificent uh, to become saint and started a school system uh, with her teaching and spread all over the world. Um, And I I agree, of course, Uh, education, we can have all kinds of arguments, but what, what, what do they matter if they're based on ignorance? We have to understand And um, we have to understand and believe by faith, if God gives us the grace that there's a God, that he created man and made man, male and female, end of story, period. We cannot change what God has done. We cannot create new specimens. We cannot do that. We can destroy uh, ourselves, but we cannot change what God has made us. No matter what I do to myself, mutilation, surgery, clothing, uh, speech, no matter what I do to myself, I'm a woman and nothing will change that. And if a man does all kinds of things to himself, he's a man, nothing will change that. He will be disordered and or she will be disordered, but you cannot change what God has made you. He is the, the God of the universe. We are not. So we began this yesterday, Gender Theory, A Threat to the Family and the Proclamation of the Christian Faith. It's by H.E. Willem Jacobus Cardinal Ijik. I, I It's E-I-J-K, and I didn't know how to pronounce it yesterday, and I still don't know how to pronounce it. But um, a very beautiful holy cardinal. And I'm not going to reread everything we read yesterday. I'm going to read the first opening paragraph And then I'm going to continue first paragraph to get the, just to get the context again. And the, and the Cardinal says, gender theory is a modern development with all the history of uh, homosexuality from the Old Testament today and everything else. uh, Gender wasn't the issue. I think the word is new in, in the past hundred years. Gender theory is a modern development which sets the city of man against the city of God and the world order against the Christian faith. What does gender theory involve? The term sex, S-E-X, relates to the two categories, male and female, because humans and the majority of living beings are categorized according to the anatomical and physiological differences in their reproductive organs and secondary sexual characteristics. In the 1950s, the term gender was introduced. This relates more to the social roles of the male and female, The fundamental notion of gender theory is that this social role has no or merely a remote connection to the biological sex. Um, It has to do with social expectations and roles and all of that, but it can't touch the biological sex. And so we went on to read some yesterday, and I'm going to pick up from our last paragraph. The Cardinal says, Education programs seek to instill in children... At the primary school level, a need to consider and choose their gender as soon as possible when they are young. Can you imagine this? And in this case, they're talking sex. The gender meaning is is synonymous with sex, uh, whether you're male or female. And so education programs today, beloved, seek to instill in children in primary school level. I'm going to tell you this kindergarten on if you haven't heard it a need to consider and choose their gender as soon as possible while they are young. Now, this is my comment. If you're listening on radio, you can't see me reading or stopping to read. Um, that's why we have been saying get your kids out of public school. We, we showed you the book that says Get Them Out Now, and that was written two years ago. If your children are in public school, they will be corrupted. They will be ruined uh, by the school system, by gender theory, by... All kinds of things that are forced in the school, learning um, the creeds of of the Muslim people, of the faith of Islam that they have to memorize, and yet they cannot even mention our Lord. So, it's very, very dangerous to send them to public schools, and it's getting pretty dangerous to send them to many Catholic schools today. I'm going to go on to to the uh, article. The the Cardinal uh, continues, In circumstances where children who believe they are transgender but are still uncertain, the onset of puberty can be halted by administering a hormonal drug known as tryptoralin. This gives the child in question the time considered necessary to reflect on his choice. I tell you, this is a horror movie. I'm reading this with you. I'm trusting the article because it's a good cardinal, and it's published in an absolutely top magazine uh, that you can totally trust their every word. I know that, Voice of the Family. This, to me, is a horror movie. It's a horror movie. The cardinal says, apart from the side effects of tryptoralin, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, um, thought should be given to the the... the side effects, thought should be given to the fact that many young people experience periods in which they doubt their identity, including their gender, which, again, he's using synonymous with sex. This is part of normal pubertal development. Do you hear that? Normal. The blocking of puberty under these circumstances risks aggravating a problem which would have disappeared naturally or in fact creating a problem which would never have existed had the tryptoralin not been administered. It must be observed that after the transition to another sex, and of course he says that, but it's impossible. You can say I used to be a boy, I'm a girl now, but you're not. You're still a boy, or the reverse. You cannot transition transition to another sex. The cardinal says it must be observed that after the transition to another sex, Many transgender persons are dissatisfied, experience psychological problems, and therefore wish to revert to their original sex. And of course, they remain a girl or boy, whatever, but now they're very, very unhappy with what they have done to their body and their person. And they want to go back. And there are some things that are simply, if you mutilate your body, you can't go back that's it for life you're going to be in that situation if you're a boy and you wanted to be a girl and you mutilated yourself um or your parents had you mutilated whatever the situation is um you will be a boy the rest of your life but you're not going to be able to have a family other than through adoption it's a very tragic situation um and he continues to say gender theory has its roots in the radicalization of feminism in the 1960s and 70s, which in fact began in the writings of Simone de Beauvoir, 1908 to 1986. She wrote in The Second Sex, that was published. The Second Sex is the name of it. It was published in 1949, and she wrote this famous section. I'm going to quote it, and we hear the music for the break, but I want to get this quote in. One is not born as a woman, but one becomes one. No biological, psychological, or economic destiny determines the figure which the female presents in society. It is civilization as a whole which generates this product, an intermediate between the male and the church defined as female. Can you imagine that? Oh, my goodness. Beloved, there is the music for our first break and we will be back and we'll continue a little bit with this article and then after the second break we'll begin to take your emails. Be right back.
2: Love learning more about the Church but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our Church is in a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true.
3: Often, when confronted with the apostles' claim that Jesus rose from the dead, people ask if they made it up, and it's a reasonable question. So, did they? I don't think so, and here are a few reasons why. First, the early Christians had nothing to gain and everything to lose in lying about Jesus' resurrection, which makes their testimony credible. As Paul argues in 1 Corinthians 15, the only outcome for him lying is persecution and death. How does that serve as motivation for a lie? Second, the gospel writers include women as the first witnesses. This is a big no-no if you're trying to fabricate a story in first century Judaism. According to the first century Jewish historian Josephus, the testimony of women wasn't considered reliable at the time. So, there's one thing we can be certain of. The apostles weren't lying about Jesus' resurrection. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com.
0: Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We
1: are here. We are thrilled to be with you. And we're going to begin to take your emails and texts right after the next break. We are in the middle of an article um, published in the magnificent magazine Calyx Mariae, Rebuilding Our Christian Civilization. It's part of the voice of the family um, uh, postulate. And we're reading an article by um, H... E, hold on now, I'll get it, H.E. Willem Jacobus Cardinal Eijk, I'm not, A-E-I-J-K, I don't know how to pronounce it, and it's on gender theory, uh, threat to the family and the proclamation of the Christian faith. Okay, um, I'm going to continue where we left off. Um uh, and the subtitle here is Radicalization of Gender as the Root of the Gender Theory, and it says it has its roots in feminism in the 1960s and 70s, which began with the writings of Simone de Beauvoir, as she died in uh, 1986, and she wrote a book called The Second Sex, Second Sex, published in 1949 in the famous section, um, the famous section, this is her quote, Um, I read it just before the break with the music going. I'm going to reread it again. This is astounding. She said, quote, one is not born as a woman, but one becomes one. Now, can you imagine this? A mother's in the hospital giving birth, and she goes through labor, and the baby comes out, and the nurses and the doctors are there and swoop the little baby up and uh, put him or her in her mother's arms, and, and everybody exclaims, it's a boy. It's a girl. It's a boy. It's a girl, blue and pink. But now we say, no, uh, the it has come out, and we need to figure out what it is. It needs to decide. No, it doesn't. It doesn't get that choice. God created that little one. And so she says, um, uh, Simone de Beauvoir says, one is not born as a woman, but one becomes one. No, one is born as a baby and you grow into a woman, but you've got all your parts at birth. No biological, psychological, or economic destiny determines the figure which the female presents in society. Can you imagine this? The female presents in society. No biological, uh, which the female, well, there you are. You're a female. That's biological. It is civilization as a whole, she says, which generates this product, product, not a person, a product, an intermediate between the male and the eunuch, defined as female. There you go. The male and the eunuch. If you're a female, you are an intermediate between the male and the eunuch. Can you imagine that? You're a female because you've become a... Mm, a male uh, made celibate. That's what makes you a female. That This is insane. This is insane. Uh, De Beauvoir argues that in pre-adolescence, there are not as many differences between a boy and a girl. Right in your womb, the difference is clear. However, from the beginning of this stage, the boy is admitted to the world of men, while the girl has to remain in the has to remain in the world of women and is therefore obliged to assume the social role of a woman evidently de bois is speaking of her own adolescence experienced in the years after the first world war this is amazing huh the boy is admitted into the world of men but the but the but the female Um, is obliged to assume the social role of a woman. Heavens. But from the moment at which a girl matures physically, society develops a certain hostility toward her. I don't know what society this woman was living in. Her mother criticizes her body, while the interest of males in her body causes her to feel like a visual... A physical sexual object. I think this woman might be writing her own autobiography, but this is not true. One cannot fail to recognize in her ideas the influence of the theory of polymorphous perversity created by Sigmund Freud. According to this theory, the human person has no sexual orientation at the beginning. He or she, well, there you go, he or she this is this is just crazy. He or she is neither heterosexual nor homosexual, but it's a he or she, my goodness, um, but becomes one or the other depending on how psychological relationship with his or her parents develop when in the home environment when in the home when in the home environment the child directs sexual desires to the parent. Of the opposite sex, the child will become heterosexual. If these desires are directed to the parent of the same sex, the child will become homosexual. Well, that certainly counters those who say one is born homosexual rather than becomes it. Under the influence of these ideas and other factors, radicalized feminism is convinced that the role of the married woman as an instrument for procreation and education of offspring is merely a social role imposed on her by society. This is so tragic, beloved. This is so tragic. If you're a woman listening to this and you agree with what's written here as far as a woman's role and a man's role and how we're born, if you agree with that, you are most poor. You don't know who you are. You don't know who God is. You don't know that you're created by love for love. You have no idea the glorious creature you are and why you were put on this earth. This, this article robs you of everything. Hope, meaning, beauty, dignity, uh, everything. It goes on to say it is also convinced that she can, even must, be liberated from this through contraception and artificial reproduction. Liberate you. Contraception against conception and artificial reproduction. In 1970, the radical feminist Firestone, her name, said that once liberated from the tyranny of their reproductive biology... Liberated from the tyranny of their reproductive biology, women would be able to choose their role irrespective of their biological sex. This liberation also requires an attack on the organized social unit surrounding reproduction and subjecting women to their bi- biological destiny that is the family. Oh, how awful it would be to be subjected to God's design for your very existence. The world is so unhappy, so unhappy. Hearts walk around empty and meaningless, they try changing the sex, try marrying same sex, try all of that, and it, it lasts a while, or the sense of happiness lasts a while. All new, all new beginnings, even corrupt ones, have their momentary happiness. But at the end, they are absolutely miserable. And that's the stuff suicides are made of. It's awful. Firestone extended this demand to the destruction of all institutions which segregate the sexes from one another and children from the adult world, listen to this now, such as elementary schools. She adds, hold on now, she adds a demand for the freedom of all women and all children to do as they wish sexually. How awful. I, I, I'm I'm reading this. I'm sorry that I keep saying how awful. And you say to me, Mother Miriam, where have you been? A little, A little box protected that you don't know this is going on? It breaks my heart to see people who really, to read, to hear. I'm not doing it for the first time. It never ceases to grieve me to the core. These poor, poor, lost souls who have no relationship with the God who made them for himself and don't know why they're on the earth and don't know what deep joy is. The ultimate revolution of feminism would in this way generate a new society in which humanity could return to its natural polymorphous sexuality that is all forms of sexuality would be permitted and indulged but they're already permitted and indulged already i was a jail chaplain women's jail chaplain for 10 years you think i didn't come across all this it's it's absolutely awful and i can't tell you the hours that i spent with inmates wanting to commit suicide the lieutenants would bring them to me to stop them they p- put them in isolation so they wouldn't kill themselves and they still would find a way and they brought them to me and for hours we would talk just to save their lives blessed be God that I was there I was I'll, I'll never regret that it was a it was uh, it was what I was made for it was tremendous but I see the results of these incredibly broken lives that have the freedom to destroy themselves and others. Hence, I continue with the article, hence gender theory emerged from radical feminism. It must be pointed out that this theory also had its beginnings in the introduction of large-scale hormonal contraception in the 1960s, which made possible the so-called liberation of women from their reproductive biology, thereby paving the way for the total detachment of gender from biological sex. Beloved, if you're Catholic and you practice contraception of any kind, for any reason, you are in mortal sin and are not on your way to heaven. That's not being taught today. That is Catholic teaching. It has not changed. Most contraceptives are abortifacients. And and if you are living on contraception and you're intimate during those times, you have aborted babies that you have no knowledge of. It is an absolutely moral evil, and you will be accountable for it. There are people who, for medical reasons, must go on the birth control pill. No, they not must. They choose that because that may be the only cure for them. If you choose that, you must choose to refrain from intimacy with your spouse during the time you're taking that pill. Otherwise, you're going to have abortions. You're going to be in mortal sin if you're Catholic. You must not, for any reason, contracept. If you must refrain from having more children, you can follow natural family planning and follow the natural cycle God has given for our bodies and trust Him for children that might be conceived. Okay, beloved. There's the music for our second break. And you know what, dear ones? We're almost done with one section of this article, and I think we've got a whole half hour And since you're not able to call in today, um, I'd like to finish this section when we come back, and then we'll go to your email. So God bless you, dear ones. We'll be right back. Don't go away.
3: The Station of the Cross invites you to join us each day for the Liturgy of the Hours at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern. The Liturgy of the Hours is the daily prayer of the Church and is made up of readings from sacred scripture, writings from saints and theologians, and small reflections. For details about each hour and more information about the Liturgy of the Hours, visit thestationofthecross.com. We hope you'll join us for this daily prayer of the Church each day at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Station of the Cross.
2: The human body is a miraculous machine. The natural capabilities of the umbilical cord, working alongside the placenta, act as a lifeline to the child. A steady flow of oxygenated, nutrient-rich blood is fed to the fetus. The capabilities of the child's small home rival that of modern-day hospitals' intensive care units. Human life is sacred. Think about it. Coalitionforlife.com.
0: Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live.
1: Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I'm thrilled to be with you. We have an entire half hour together, and I would like to continue just a little section that we're in, of this article on gender theory, and uh, then we'll go to your emails. And again, this is a pre-record, fresh program for you. Part two, uh, part one began yesterday, and part three will continue tomorrow. Um, and so um, I pre-recorded these before I left town. Uh, so they're fresh, and they're for you. The only difference is we can't take your live calls today, but many of you have written in or texted, and we have that. So we will answer them. Um, we've gotten to the place where it says that, I'll just reread the first two sentences of this. Um, Let's see. Hence, gender theory emerged from radical feminism. It must be pointed out that this theory also had its beginnings in the introduction of large-scale hormonal contraception in the 1960s, which made possible the so-called liberation of women from reproductive biology Thereby thereby paving the way for the total detachment of gender from biological sex. It actually made women murderers. It didn't free them. It made them murderers. Contraception. You will abort your children. From contraception came abortion. Abortion didn't come out of the blue. It came out from contraception first, and then abortion, and so. Women were liberated to begin to kill their offspring. That's what they were liberated to do. Awful. These, have, and You say, Mother, that's a little strong way of putting it. If, if it's true, it's true. I can do what I want with my body. And I can kill what's not my body if I want, because it has no business being in my body. Did I have a part in putting it there? Yeah, I did, I did. But I don't want it, so I can kill it. It has no rights. It has no say. No. It just before birth, it's just, not. it's an it. After birth, it's what I decide it is. And if I don't want it, I don't like the way it comes out, I don't like the way it looks, it has a defect, we'll kill it. it it's insane how hard-hearted we've become. These developments once again emphasize the prophetic nature of Paul VI's encyclical Humane Vitae which describes the use of, co- use of contraceptives to present procreation as an intrinsic evil that is an essential wrong, essentially wrongful act. Paul VI clearly did not predict these developments in 1968, the year in which it was published. However, the significance of his encyclical later reached beyond the matter of procreation. For example... The French Freemason and gynecologist Pierre Simon attempted to enable the human person rather than the creator to give their own form to their own, to their nature and life. He saw in um, uh, gynecology a way to accomplish this. An initial step for him was the widest possible promulgation of contraceptive means to bring about a radical change in the concept of, of the family. I'm just going to continue reading this because we're almost at the end of this section and I want to get through it so I can take your emails before the uh, next break, which will be our last break. In 1990, Judith Butler concluded that the imposition of the conventional social roles on women and of hetero, heterosexuality as the sexual norm in society was part of a political plan. Isn't this is amazing um referring to the notion of Frederick uh, Nietzsche's that there is no being behind doing aff- there is no being behind doing, affecting and becoming. Butler says there is no gender identity behind expressions of gender but identity is constituted by its own expressions um, said to be the result of the latter. I'd have to reread this to make it a little clearer. She says that gender imposed on a woman is constructed by power. You're very right. God's power. Partially in terms of heterosexual and um, phallic convictions. Oh, terrible. This is intended to mean that in gender, taken as the social role, there are aspects which are socially determinant, that women generally earn less than men for the same work. Look at this. This is just, this is the devil's work, beloved. Women generally earn less than men for the same work, that until they re, until recently, it was not legal for women to drive a car in Saudi Arabia, or that even in the Netherlands until the 1950s, a married woman could not have her own bank account or was required to give it up when she got married. Nevertheless, There are aspects which are inseparably linked to biological sex, for example, the roles of man and woman in marriage, in the family, in procreation, and as father and mother. They got that right. We're at the end of the section, so I'll reread that sentence. Nevertheless, there are aspects aspects which are inseparably linked to biological sex, for example, the roles of man and woman in marriage in the family, in procreation, and as father and mother. You got that right? Absolutely right. And we're not chained by those things, beloved. We're freed by those things. I read once the example, the kind of analogy, of a train, it's on its track, it goes back and forth through the country all the time on the track, all the way to one city, comes back all the way to the other, back and forth on the track, and maybe around a couple of mountains, has a little scenery. And one day it says, I'm tired. I want to be free. Get me off this track. I don't like being bound. And so you take the train off the track, and what happens? Can't function. Can't move. It can only be free to do what it was created to be on the track, you see? And that's with woman and man. God made us in his image in his likeness, and he said to Adam and Eve um, and not to uh, anybody else, uh, not to two men, not to two women, Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply. That's his design. That is his design. Um, and they could have rebelled. They did, but not about their sexes. The thought, be unimaginable. You are what you are. You don't choose it. That's what you are. Now, if you don't like what you are, you you have a problem and you don't understand the dignity and the beauty. And maybe you were put down and maybe you were bullied and maybe you were unpopular and maybe this, maybe that. So yes. So you need a little encouragement and help to become the beautiful soul that God made you to be. That I understand. But um, women in jail, if they came in and they weren't a lesbian, they became that in jail. The women wouldn't give them a chance. And why would they become lesbian? Because they've been beaten up by their pimps on the street through prostitution and all of that, and they've never known the right love of a man. So now they accept the love of a woman. It's distorted. It's it's wrong. Uh, it It's going to dig them further into a life of misery and debauchery. But it's what they know. And so we have to help them. We have to help them out of it. Um, but the fact that all this now is creeping into Christianity, into Catholicism, gender roles, in the Catholic schools with young people, that is just astounding. Where is the backbone of the teachers, of the principals, of the bishops who agree with this? It, it just floors. I shouldn't be floored. I have a lot of, um, lot of stuff in my background that's made me quite strong. Um I, I once told uh, a beautiful cardinal in our conversation that I have a PhD in not giving up. It's my only degree in life. It's the only thing that I can do well is not give up. But you learn to not give up through a lot of a lot of things, a lot of trials. but you don't give in to evil. You don't give in to this distortion of human beings. It's just um, it's just awful. So parents, fight this with everything you have if your daughter wants to dress as a man it I little girls can be tomboys of a sort that's okay but they remain girls and hopefully by when they get into their teens they'll appreciate uh, her hair curlers and maybe eventually lipstick or something else that's all right if they're tomboys that's okay but but they're not boys they're not boys um you need to protect that. Don't let your children raise themselves because they will be destroyed and you will be accountable, not them, before God. You will be accountable for destroying God's creation, for letting your son be a transgender, for letting your daughter be a transgender. No matter how she says, I'm not happy, I'm, I know I'm a boy inside. I'm not happy. Mom, I'm a boy, and you need to let me be one. You must not. You must fight that with everything in you. And you could say, well, how do I know? I'm not in her. I don't know what she's living through. No, you don't. But you know God created her to be a girl. And something went awry. Something went very awry. She was abused. She was hurt. She was um, um, subjected to whatever it was. Um, But she's a girl. And you you must not allow, not under 18, anything else. You must not. Well, I'm afraid, afraid I'll drive her away from me altogether. Don't be afraid of that. God has given you stewardship over your children, not to be friends, not to keep them appreciating what you do so they don't leave home. No, don't give in. Teach everything in love, but don't compromise on anything, on anything. Parents, teachers, same thing. Um. And I would uh, want to encourage all of you to go to um, Life Site News and their article uh, on Bishop Pabraki, who on uh, the article appeared um, February 12th, and um, it's on the gender theory and a, um, a letter that he's written to his diocese forbidding uh, anyone uh, to switch. Uh, biological sex in school if a boy's a boy no matter what he says you call him a boy you call him a man you don't allow him if he wants to be a girl into the girls restrooms you don't allow him to dress as a girl you don't allow him to be called by the name he wants to choose no you you stick bishop abrakki wrote a wonderful encyclical or letter on that and you should read it and i wish every bishop in the country would follow that because children are being destroyed, and the the empathy, the sympathy is on the part of the um, transgender where it should be on the part of faithful Catholics who don't want a a boy coming into their locker room. So, beloved, um, be what you are, dear ones. Be what you are, and be that well. You know what? I'm going to stop here because... Uh, we'll start another section tomorrow. So if we don't have a break yet, I'm going to take the first email in, and then we'll have a break, and we'll continue with your emails. We have an email from Marie, and she said, Hello, Mother. Um, you recently advised a caller not to attend an SSPX wedding because it would be invalid. Perhaps you are not aware that 30 three zero bishops in the U.S., have granted faculties for SSPX weddings within their diocese. Perhaps a better answer would have been to check with the diocese regarding the wedding in question. For more information, uh, the Clarion Herald website for March 9, 2019, and the catholicherald.uk of March twenty first 2019, have articles regarding this. Excuse me. Um, N O L A C Catholic L O uh, N O L A Catholic, I don't know what org says it has a decree written by Archbishop Gregory Amon granting faculties to SSPX priests in his Diocese of New Orleans to officiate weddings. He is sure that the weddings are valid. Um, I don't know that an archbishop or a bishop, um, has that power. I don't know that. Um, I thought it came from the Pope himself. I do not know that 30 bishops have granted faculty for SSPX weddings. I didn't know they had that power. I thought it was just the Pope, and I thought the Pope gave that to priests just for that year of mercy. Uh, I don't know that it's continued. I'm not saying it's wrong. I looked it up, and I haven't seen anything to support this and I looked it up in the Catholic Herald. We'll be right back.
2: I worked in pro baseball for a long time and we play on Sundays and it was an easy excuse. I took the easy out and just didn't go to Mass. Got caught up on that whole selfishness, that whole, you know, um, I can do it all. The times when I was struggling were the times I needed God the most. And now that uh, I've come back and accepted God, My world has completely changed. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit CatholicsComeHome.org today.
0: Oftentimes, it is easy to think that we are facing an upward battle when it comes to fighting abortion. But our Lord reminds us that if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Your faithful dedication will help us make abortion unthinkable in this country. Human life is sacred. Think about it. Coalitionforlife.com
4: The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year, but we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support.
0: Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSight News and the Station of the Cross. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live.
1: Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment, and uh, I mentioned earlier that we've pre recorded this program fresh for you today. So we will take your emails and your texts, but we won't be able to take calls live. And we just read an email from Marie, who was responding to someone who asked if SSPX, the Society of St. Pius X, if their weddings are valid. And I said to her, I read an article from Canon Law Made Easy. Canon Law Made Easy. Tremendous Catholic canon law. And he said, no, they're not valid. And he explained why. Um, Certain dispensations were given by the Pope for the Year of Mercy. I don't personally know if they extend to today. I also don't know if bishops and archbishops are free to give those dispensations other than the Pope. Um, And so I... Don't know where you're coming from, Marie. I did see the article in the in the Herald, but um, I don't know where you know that 30 bishops in the U.S. have granted faculties for SSPS marriages, weddings, um, within their diocese. I haven't been able to find that. I don't question that it's true. I just haven't been able to find it, so I can't contact a comment on it or how it's legitimate or why. I just don't know. Um um, so you, you'll you'll need to look that up, and you can go to Canon Law Made Easy, I We have um, a Facebook question from Brianne who writes, "Good morning, Mother. Question about the Bible. There are becoming more and more versions of the Bible that seem to be Catholic, such as the English <clears throat> Standard Version of the Catholic Edition, or rather the English Standard Catholic Version, Catholic Edition." They have endorsement of well-known Catholic apologists. What is your take on the version we should use? The Douay Reims. We also use the American Bible, St. Joseph edition, which seems to be what the Novus Auto readings uh, come from. What are your thoughts on all those different versions, and which ones should we stick to? Thank you, Mother. Well, um, Brianne, it can be very confusing. Um, it it, it Uh, It must. It used to be that some the English standard I thought was a paraphrase, just like the Living Bible. Um, It might be, but you need to be able to distinguish from what is uh, living, um, and versus what is um, um, not living. It was was given and it's solid, and it's Catholic. So um, uh, I would say to. uh, let me just see what where I was I here. Um, so to begin with, know the difference between a, uh, a translation or a paraphrase, rather, and a true delivery. And then secondly, um, look for a true delivery, I mean a true translation. So look for that. What I recommend, the Douai Reams is good and it's very beautiful, but um, the new American Bible, Joseph edition, which seems to be what the Novus Ordo readings come from. I don't recommend that. I did in the past, but the new American that the new readings are coming from, um, I don't know that that I would recommend that because I've heard um, quite a different uh, rendering at times and and uh, I prefer just just the scripture. When we get up to read at the Novus Ordo, it begins brothers and sisters. You don't have that in the whole Bible. Nowhere do the writers say brothers and sisters. So um, um, it's it's not what I prefer. It's very distracting. Um, but uh, what I read and what I recommend is the New Revised Version, Catholic Edition. Uh, new RSV, um, New Revised. No rather um yeah NRV NRV New Revised Version um, C E Catholic Edition New Revised Version Catholic Edition. Um, that's what I suggest. It's literate, it's an excellent translation, and I would suggest that one. It's published by Ignatius Press and just about any Catholic bookstore should have it hardcover or soft cover. We have a Facebook question from Red, it looks like, R-H-E-D in the Philippines. Mother, she says, isn't, isn't it the church that is holy, not the Pope? That's correct. Wouldn't the Pope be too affected by the flesh to be truly holy? Um, well, he is. Why, then, is it said that he can speak infallibly at all? I know what the concrete... Um, I'm so sorry to uh, go out on you like that. Um, okay, hold on now. I don't know why I did. I lost the, I lost the question. I'm sorry. Here it is. Um, wouldn't the Pope be too affected by the flesh to be truly holy? Why then is it said that he can speak infallibly at all? I know that what the context is, but why even then? The Pope, let me just say this, the gift of infallibility does not mean the Pope speaks infallibly. infallibly. It means that when the Pope speaks a doctrine that is binding on the faithful to believe, um, he is protected from error. If he has those three gifts, um, then he is protected from error. And the three gifts are... um, um, did I say three gifts? Why am I falling asleep? I'm so tired these days. I'm so sorry, but uh, when he declares matters of faith and morals, it's not that he speaks infallibly. Is that what he does say? Yes, it's inspired by the Holy Spirit. Is protected by the Holy Spirit. So he is protected from giving any doctrine to the faithful that they must believe, and that is an error. He's protected from that error. Um, that's, that's that gift. Um, okay. So you're right. It's the church that is holy. It's the church that is Christ and not the pastor himself. Um, yes. Okay. We have a, another question from Jacqueline on Facebook and Jacqueline writes, mother, I know this is an age old question, but I wonder how you will answer it. Why do bad things happen to good people? Oh, Jacqueline, I'm going to tell you my answer. It's very simple because God loves them. That's why God loves them. So, two things. Number one, nobody is good but God. That's the end of that. The young rich man, the young rich ruler came to Jesus and said, Good teacher, what do I have to do to have eternal life? And Jesus looked at him and said, Uh, why are you calling me good? Only God is good. And really what Jesus was saying to him, do you understand that I'm God? Do you know that? Uh, Only God is good. We can have good virtue. We can have God's grace. But apart from God's grace, nobody is in heaven. And so why do things, bad things happen to good people? Um, One, because God has given us free will to choose. And we are sinful. We are all affected by the fall with concupiscence, which is the ability to sin and even the tendency to sin. We have God's grace to not sin. We can choose to sin, though. And so we could be, quote, unquote, a good person generally, but we make bad choices because God has not made us robots. He's given us the ability um, uh, to choose. And in our free will, If there were any two people that were good, it was Adam and Eve. So why did bad things happen to them? Because God loved them, and he gave them free will. And they chose the bad. They chose the evil. The other reason is that we are um, the recipients of generations before us. We are the recipients of the fall and of evil and of of sin. And so it's... um, Uh, it's going to happen to us uh, because we're part of this world but it's also going to happen to us because God wants to make us holy and that happens through suffering and through choosing the good and uh, all who live godly in this world will suffer, Peter says will suffer persecution if we don't suffer then we don't develop virtue and we don't grow in holiness so nothing touches us That God does not permit nothing, not even the devil himself, except with God's permission. Okay, beloved, God bless you, and um, we'll see you tomorrow.